Welcome to another edition, Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me tonight, there we go, uh, I'm joined by an actor, singer, dancer, uh, who just moved from Milwaukee to Atlanta, and uh, I'm excited to talk to her all about her passions, her artistry, and why she does what she does. Uh, we became friends through a good mutual friend and um we're gonna drink some i'm drinking beer she's drinking kombucha and uh we're gonna get into it so ella thank you so much for joining me tonight absolutely thank you for having me no problem how are you uh i'm well I am, you know, just like living my dream in Atlanta, getting used to everyone, getting used to the new culture. And um, I'm here with my two cats, which are both staring at me right now. So it's pretty oh, good. Yeah. Shout out the cats. Um, what are their names? Uh, my cats' names are Solomon and Fawn. They both turn one year this week. February 14th. I've I've determined it was their birthday. Um, it's not like official. They haven't decided like when their birthday is, but I decided February 14th because then we can all celebrate Valentine's together. That's beautiful. Happy birthday, kitties. Yes. Congrats on one year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's dope. I God, I uh I miss having cats. My parents have always had cats. And like when I went to go see them over the holidays. Like I spent so much time with uh, my cat Charlotte. Like mm -hmm. she used to just like hop on my bed and uh, just she would just like perch herself, just like so like you know intently uh, right next to me, and would just snuggle with me and cuddle. And she's so cute. She sheds like fucking crazy, but I miss her. Um, and then I came. I had to come back to Milwaukee with no cats, but that is a goal of mine to uh, get a cat this year, you know? Yeah, for sure this year. This year is a great time to get one. I think it's my year, you know? Mm -hmm. Take care of a <laughs> little furry friend, right? Yeah. Well, um, how long have you been in uh, Atlanta so far? Uh, it's been about a month now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. You've uh, probably escaped uh, many blizzards uh, by moving down there. From what I hear, yeah. People are sending me pictures. Hey, we got 15 feet of snow this weekend. Hope you're having fun. I'm like, oh, that's great. I walk out with short sleeves and I'm fine. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know how, uh, how cold it was today? It was uh, 13 degrees. Oh, I'm so sorry. So the sorry. other day. The other day it was two degrees. Um, Ivan, yeah, Ivan saw uh, some screenshots of people's forecast, like um, on the weather app. Negative mm -hmm. zero. Somehow they turned zero into a negative zero. I didn't uh, think that was possible. Neither did I, but I guess we discovered a new number thanks to how cold it is out here today. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we got I'm getting a lot of snow. Uh, very icy out there trying not to leave the house but uh must be nice you know being in the uh the warm comfort of the south put it that way i mean i'm not gonna lie it is pretty nice i'm not jealous of that i i do miss the snow sometimes 
um but not too much <laughs> yeah i yeah i mean it's like the main reason why people are ready to move because it just gets so goddamn terrible out here this time of year but yeah absolutely but hey uh milwaukee summers are dope i hope you can make it back up here for a little bit and i do uh, plan to for apparently Summerfest and um Shamrock shuffle i have been rescheduled to the same weekend in september and that's gonna be crazy oh word so ready to come down for that oh my god i'm up rather <laughs> uh we're gonna spill a lot of beer aren't we I, I'm spilling a full beer on you as soon as I walk in. Give me it all, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> um, so, Ella, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And okay. so, as we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, so we know each other from our good friend, Emily Acker. Shout out to the baby. Uh, she's one of my best friends, one of my favorite people. And um, I've met, I've made several friends through her and uh, you are a more recent one. Um, you know, we would uh, have, I think we first met like with like an old, uh, you know, the Emily living room hang, you know, that's a classic Emily move, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, we uh, had a weekend at the lake house with a couple friends last summer and that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. drank a lot of Trulies. Uh, that place was just littered with Trulies that weekend. Um, but it was very worth it. It was really fun. Apps were took, you know, dur that, during that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I needed a nap at one point in the night. I don't even remember my shower that night. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. I was out cold by like 10, maybe. You know, I'm not like, a, I'm not really like a, a night hawk, um, especially when I've been drinking like that all day. Mm -hmm. um so that was the last time we saw each other and um yeah we talked about doing this podcast and i've been uh, looking forward to interviewing you because you have several uh means of creativity um that we'll talk about in a little bit but first um so let's take it back um so where so where you want to talk a little bit about like where you grew up and was it um did you grow up in the milwaukee area yeah, um, I grew up in Glendale, so I went to like Parkway Elementary, Glen Hills Middle School, and then I went to Nicolet you know, uh, High School. Um, so I guess I was more in like the north side of Milwaukee, uh, more in the suburban area. But um, I, I do feel like I did grow up in Milwaukee because I was so close. I was like right on the border and I was pretty much in Milwaukee with any given opportunity. Um, so I do feel like Milwaukee's my home and I miss it. I miss it a lot. Um, there's a lot of love to be had there. Yeah, it misses you too. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, very familiar with the Glendale area. You know, um, a lot of Jewish geography over there. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't ask, are you Jewish? I'm not. Um, I I went to a Jewish summer camp for one summer just because it was convenient for my parents because we did grow up like we were in Glendale. Um, and I think I'm like like an eighth Jewish, uh, like heritage wise, but I grew up Irish Catholic. Okay. 
That's funny. Um, Slowy is actually an Irish Catholic name. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. My dad is Irish Catholic, but my mom is Jewish. Um, okay. I, the reason I ask is because you got Berger in your last name. and Oh, yeah. There's, there's some that's kind of a Jewish thing sometimes. German, Jewish, they go kind of hand in hand with that side of the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, for sure. Um, good for you getting the, uh, you know, the the leisure of the, the Jewish summer camp. I went to one growing up too, and uh, it was mostly Catholic kids. There weren't a lot of Jews there. <laughs> um, um, actually, a funny story. That's how I met Emily, or how I got to be really good friends with her. Um, her brother slapped me because I kept this basketball away from him. He like slapped me in the face. And then um, like our moms like got together and like we had to have this like talking to between like me and her brother. And then me and her were like, this is really stupid. Do you want to be friends? And we've been friends ever that's, since. That's so lovely. Uh, I love, uh, <laughs> I just love um, wholesome tales like that. <laughs> How old were you? Oh my god, I was like seven. <laughs> nice. Well, I met Emily uh, first week of college, uh, going to Hillel, uh, the Jewish mm -hmm. Student Life Center at UWM. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've been friends since. Um, so, um, I guess okay. When it comes to your creative outlets, your actor, singer, dancer um which one came first um I think acting always comes first uh I think I've been acting ever since I've been alive if that makes sense like um I've always like just been creative in that way but I think um as a person you act with every single other person you come across you know you're always like like creating like those social cues and like what can I say best to like fit the scenario like how is this person feeling how can I match what they're feeling how can I make them the most comfortable you know um and so that that just like translated onto the stage and onto film like really easily for me right cool um yeah you want to talk a little bit about like how you got started like were you in like drama growing up uh, yeah, so uh, I think I did like a couple like small things in elementary school that I didn't take seriously, but it was fifth grade. And it was this show called glimpses. Um, and it was just like a bunch of little monologues that like, I guess these like, uh, teachers had written, they decided to put on a little play. Um, and I had like the longest monologue. And I played this girl who had uh, uh, dyslexia. And um, at the end of the show, all these people would come up to me. They're like, oh my God, you made me cry. Oh my God, your monologue was so good. You were the best part of the show. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm kind of good at this, you know? <laughs> maybe I'm onto something here. Um, but the biggest thing for me is that after the show, I felt like I had experienced what it's like to have dyslexia. Like I felt so connected to that character and I was like, this, this is the secret into figuring out the world. For, for me, I was like, I had figured out like the, the key to unlocking humanity and unlocking what it's like to be like any single given person in the world. Like all you have to do is just put yourself in their shoes. Like not only like in a like, um, like, like a like a superficial way, but just like be that person 
and then you can understand like like any anyone and that was so exciting and so like like revitalizing for me um and so I knew that I had to keep doing it and then I did um like forensics I don't know if you've heard of forensics it's yeah. like a little, we like, had drama it. competition thing so I did that for a couple of years and then in high school like theater really took off for me and I knew it was what I wanted to do for my whole life oh yeah that's, that's wonderful that's awesome good for you that's cool that you found a burning passion and connection with the medium from a young age um something that many people lack and uh, um you know that's why arts programs for the youth are of the utmost importance definitely mm -hmm. yeah uh, absolutely yeah yeah um so beyond high school um because at this point you obviously decided that like this is what you want your life to look like um mm -hmm. what did college look like for you um so i studied theater and dance at winona state I've been in Winona one time on a Greyhound. There was a stop in, down in the middle of Winona. And um, it is like the most beautiful part of the state. I know Winona is technically it's in Minnesota. Gorgeous. It's out, did you, you stepped off the bus? You were like able to step off and like, you know, they have like a cigarette break in Winona. They yeah. take like, like 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh my God, the bluffs like surrounding you. It's like in the middle of nature. You have a lake on one side and then a river on the other. So it's kind of like an island city. Yeah. It's so gorgeous there. Yeah. My cousin plays football there. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really, I'd never been like really on that side of the state, you know, like bordering Minnesota, but that is a scenic area. Highly recommend. Very, very beautiful. Winona's not too well known for its football, but. He'll be okay. That's right. He's not going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so you you studied drama there, right? Yeah. So I I went there just thinking I was going to study acting, um, and I was like headstrong on that. Like this is my uh, passion. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and then I got um, like sucked into the costume department. Um, so as as a Winona State theater artist, you have to put like hours in like volunteer hours working in like the scene shop or the costume department or doing lighting and everything and you have to take like tech classes so I was taking all those classes and uh, the head of the costume department was like hey do you want to like come work in the costume shop we think you have like something that could be really be good here and I was like you know what I think I think I actually really like that and so I started learning costume design and lighting design. And I realized that those are also like, like they, they tie in, like they're, they're different passions than acting, but they, they tie into my passion of like performance art and theater. And um, ever since then, like I've done like costume designing and lighting designing professionally. And had I not like gone to Winona State and like learned all those other aspects of theater, I never would have figured that out, which is actually pretty cool. That is really cool. I feel like there's kind of like a uh, a very subtle power that you have with both the costumes and with the lighting. Um, I remember I did lights for a uh, like a lip sync contest we did in my high school, and you just <laughs> you, I don't know, it's so random, but like you feel you do feel like um, you have kind of like a say in the show when you're yeah. in a big ass spotlight. Yeah, it's. Absolutely. 
you're like, I'm going to turn the, the lights green now. And that's going to make everyone feel a certain type of way. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or, and if this guy pisses me off, I'll take the spotlight off of him. I don't yeah. care. I'll make him all dark and no one will see him. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, um, that's cool. So you, you got a technical background with, uh, in theater, which is, uh, you know, great to just be well-rounded. Yeah, it's so useful. And, and I think now, like as an actor, especially like getting into the film world, like having that kind of technical background helps me connect with everyone else on set. Um, and I, I basically, I don't know, I, I know a lot more like going into it. Yeah. Um, I never have any questions, yeah. which is really valuable. Totally. You have empathy for all your coworkers. Exactly. So you're not the person being like, where's, where's my lady? Where's my girl? Like, why is, why does this not fit me right? Like, <laughs> excuse me, can, can I get another spotlight over here? Right. Like, you never want to be that girl, right? <laughs> you lose the, the diva complex sort of. Where yeah, absolutely. You feel like central, you, you, where you center yourself, but really like everyone is, you know, trying to do their best in a cohesive way. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, well, dope. What was, um, like, while you were at Winona State, what were some productions that you were a part of? Okay, so let me think of my favorites. Um, I was in, like, uh, a couple, like, towards my beginning, I was in, like, Leaving Iowa, which was, like, a play about, like, traveling around the Midwest. Um, my favorites were, um, my senior capstone was called The Maids, and I got to play, like, a murderous uh, maid who ended up like killing her mistress like she conspired with her sister to like murder her mistress um and then I was also in this one called Hot L Baltimore um where I played a young prostitute who basically just like lived in this hotel with a bunch of people the hotel was foreclosing and everyone was just trying to figure out like how to survive once they they left that place um uh, what else? I was in Oh, What a Lovely War, which was a really weird musical about World War One. I'm like, do we really still need to be talking about World War One? Does anyone really care anymore? But it was fun. You know, I was, I was, yeah, a couple, a couple productions that were great and a couple that were like, okay, this is just like a good experience. I, I feel that. Hey, yeah. that 1917 was a really good war World War One movie. I don't know if you saw it. It was it became really well known because the movie was shot like it's just one continuous shot the whole time. It's like one of those movies. That's really hard to do. That's amazing. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't actually like all one shot, but I mean it was yeah. it was a couple shots that ended up getting like weaved in. But okay. Um, just a little war, World War One uh, cinema tidbit, you know. But okay. uh, all that, no, all that sounds great. Um, uh, sounds like a versatile program. Um, so beyond, so um, beyond school, what would happen after that? Um, when I graduated, I moved to the Twin Cities because that just seemed like the, the most logical thing. It was two hours away from Winona and I had a few connections and I knew a few people from college. 
Um, and then I ended up doing um, some professional costume design with a couple of theater companies. And I also did costume design for like a middle school and a high school. So I had like good money and then also like not so good money. And then I ended up just like auditioning for whatever theater shows I could. I, I got a couple like legitimate theater shows. And then I auditioned for this burlesque company and I got into burlesque. Cool. I had no idea that that was going to be like in my future, but it was a burlesque company called the Wicked Wenches um, at Minsky Theater. Minsky Theater is no longer a theater anymore. They had to foreclose due to COVID, but um, the Wicked Wenches are still up and running. And I learned all the skills of burlesque and learned how to, you know, artfully strip yeah. or whatever. Um, and that has become another one of my passions that's awesome good for you yeah i've interviewed a, a number of burlesque performers on the show and they are like it's so fun hearing about each of their like routines and personas and uh yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's just a beautiful way to like you know reclaim your autonomy and your confidence but also have fun with it and you know put your own like creative spins on it yeah, at first I was just a part of the company and I was just like, you know, in the background and I would be like, I'm going to act in this show, but I'm not going to strip. And then um, I got like a really large role in Sherlock Holmes where I played Irene Adler, who is like Sherlock Holmes's like female nemesis. She's the only woman that can outsmart him. And they're like, okay, you get a solo for this. Do you want to strip? And I'm like, yeah, I want to strip. <laughs> so I, I basically like kind of came up with my own routine and I made it like humorous, but also like sexy. And um, the next show, I was the, the scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. And mm. my parents actually came to that show. And so my mom and dad had to see me strip on stage for the first time. And that was very interesting. I, I can't tell you how nervous I was for that show, but um, I think it actually turned out well. Like I, I still like, I, di I didn't strip to pasties. I didn't strip to like, you know, like undergarments. I was still like in like shorts and like some sort of like crop top. Yeah. But basically I just like pulled straw out of various places. And <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it was like a humorous type strip but I would say that was the, like the biggest thing I was nervous for is like okay my parents have to see this right um, oh yeah I believe <laughs> I believe it I I can imagine that's an interesting position to be in but I mean that's awesome that they came to support you though um for sure yeah yeah um I I mean I feel so lucky that I have such supportive parents that will just like come see whatever I'm in and and not judge me for that you know yeah yeah totally uh awesome so um so that was um so that was the Twin Cities mm -hmm. and post-college um now let's take it back a little bit you know we've been talking about your acting career and as it kind of transcended into um, some burlesque. Um, so you're also a singer and you're also a dancer. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, all three of those things are, can be done in tandem. Uh, yes. Obviously as you're, when you study theater. Um, mm -hmm. so like, were you, um, like, did you take voice lessons growing up? Like, were you a singer, like in choir? Like what was your voice background? 
Um, well, I actually studied piano since I was eight years old. Hmm. Um, and always in piano, I would want to like play those like like piano books that had the singing involved because I've always like enjoyed singing and I have a lot of favorite music artists that I love to sing along to. Um, so I would just like be like, hey, Mrs. Taft, who has since passed, rest in peace, Mrs. Taft, I love you. Um, hey, Mrs. Taft, I'm gonna get this Evanescence piano book, like, and you're gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Evanescence? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, that was when I was like a little emo kid. Yeah. So I was just like, I would buy like the Evanescence book and I would like sing along to it and she would just like have to be there and like enjoy it. Um, and um, I guess I like, that's where I started like performance wise singing. Um, and, and then um, like in high school, once I started doing theater and started doing musicals and I was like, I, I need to get a vocal teacher. And I started studying with um, Ligia Vascon and her vocal studios. And so I took like a couple like professional voice lessons there. Um, so I've, I think I've always been like musically inclined and always a singer. In the dance realm, I didn't even start dancing until I went to college. When I went to college as a theater major, I needed a minor. And I was like, dancing is something that I don't have a lot of experience in much at all. Like I took like a couple, like maybe like, uh, like a, like I took a, like a musical theater class or like a hip hop class, like back when I was like a little kid, but I didn't, I didn't have a lot of dance background. And I knew that when I was in musicals, like in high school, I was like, I was like the last one to pick up the moves. So I'm like, I need to get good at this. So then I took dance classes in college and that just kind of like, help me catch up to everyone. Yeah. Right. That's good. Hey, that's good. That's awesome. Uh, and it's okay. I, you want to know what my uh, dance background is? We took a line dancing in high school gym class. Hey. Was, you know, doing the old boot scooting boogie. And... Boot scoot boogie. We love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, I, uh, I still uh, need some dance lessons to be quite honest with you, but that's dope that, um, you know, you uh, caught up uh, in, in college to just, you know, um, enhance your repertoire, uh, quite frankly. We talked a little bit about the drama program at Winona State, but like, mm -hmm. what do you have to say about just like, the, like the college experience of Winona State? Um, just like you, did you feel like you were at home there? Like, did you feel like you really grew as a person and like really found your way? So much. I I miss college a lot. Um, I would say like like the first two years after college, I kept being like, "Ugh, I miss college," you know, because like you have that community of people and you're always learning. You're constantly like doing so much to better yourself as a person. Um, and then you always have people holding you accountable for doing all those things. Um, but I would say the biggest thing I miss is the community. Um, we had like this great group of theater artists. So you're always surrounded by people that you have the same interests in and that you're passionate about the same thing. But in that, like you can have like a bunch of theater people and you can all have completely different personality, which is the coolest thing because you all like, you maybe you never would have been friends if it hadn't been for that one thing bringing you all together. 
like you're all coming from different backgrounds, different interests, but you all like are so passionate about the same thing, which is what makes you such a, an interesting family. Um, so that was really cool for us. However, our theater group was a little small and um, towards the end, it did kind of get like, I don't want to use the word incestuous, but like one person was basically dating like seven people within the group and it got like a little toxic. And I was like, all right, I guess now's a good time for me to like scoot out of here. So <laughs> I don't know, like, like the last semester of my senior year was like a little, a little weird with that. Oh yeah, that tends to happen in circles. Like, for sure, yeah. Definitely does, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's like inside jokes about how everyone in River West here, like everyone has had sex with each other. Like, it, <laughs> you know, it exists everywhere. Um, that's so true though oh, yeah. i love river west love river west <laughs> shout out to river west <laughs> um so let's talk a little bit about um something that has come up a little bit in the podcast in the past but you know specifically because you are um so active in drama i want to hear a little bit about your relationship to this um so let's talk about stage fright um okay. so like I, my experience with stage fright, like, you know, I took, I minored in comm and like, I kind of honed on, in on my like public speaking skills and uh, just like using the proper like verbal and nonverbal cues to make yourself more comfortable. Um, but, you know, it still gets me sometimes like, cause a lot of times you can have like a vivid idea in your head and then mm -hmm. when you try to like verbalize it, like when it comes out, it just kind of comes out as like word salad and just doesn't sound the way you meant to. Um, right. And that's, that still gets me sometimes. That's sort of where stage fright still affects me. But so I'm kind of mm -hmm. curious to like where you kind of stand with it being as, you know, you've been in plays, you know, you've um, been acting for a very long time. Like, yeah, what do you have to say about it? I think I fall into a very different category. Um, I definitely get like nerves, but um, I guess I would equate it to like, have you ever, I mean, I don't want to say this in your path. Have you ever done like cocaine? I have not actually. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to like equate it to like, say there's like a specific drug that you love that feels so good and someone has it and they like have it in front of you and you know you're about to do it. Imagine like like you feeling like you're about to do something and you're just so excited and your heart is racing and you just can't wait for that feeling, like that moment where, where you can like actually do it. Um, yeah. To me, stage fright is less about like worrying and less about like, like concerning yourself with like how you're gonna mess up but it's just like that, it's that like, like your mouth gets dry and you're just so, you're so ready for that feeling of like being like on and having everything be okay. And when, when I'm performing, it's like, it's incomparable to any drug, like the best sex. It's, it's like, finally the world is perfect again. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so that's, that's my, that's my feeling. Like I, I do get the dry mouth and I do get like my heart race and everything, but it's just because like, I know my fix is coming, you know? Yeah. yeah. There, yeah. Here it comes. You know? Totally. Like, it's, right. Like, it's so, it's so invigorating to just be like on there and just like, like, I know, like, even if I do mess up, I can fix it. Like, because I'm, I'm there, like, like, 
like I could be like at a, at a 10 in, in my real life, but then like I get like to a 20. Does yeah. that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Like it's kind of an adrenaline rush, you know, you like what you said, everything, just the world makes sense in that. Moment. Yeah, and absolutely. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like when, um, that's how I feel after a really good show or sometimes even after a really good podcast, like I, everything just feels like, um, it's like I was perfectly present in the moment and, uh, you know, you, you, it, it's, it's almost like a, um, like an escapism, you know, where everything that goes on in the world, like just doesn't matter for a moment because you are just mm -hmm. so like engaged with what's in front of you. And yeah. uh, like, that's all like you have to like, um, attach yourself to and therefore work with it and that's I mean that's a really awesome instinct Ella like I think that's a kind of a sign that you're doing exactly what you were meant to do like from you know just how you get so like uh, ensnared in in a really beautiful way uh, by your roles and like by being you know, by literally painting pictures um, mm -hmm. through these uh, depictions. No, thank you. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, it's literally the best thing in my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, and the thing is, it's like, drugs are temporary. And, but the feelings like that are permanent. Exactly, and, yeah. Yeah, and like, that's like stuff like that is just that euphoria like is you achieve it so naturally is like not to sound morbid or anything but like it gives you like reason to live you know it gives you reason to just keep trucking forward and keep mm -hmm. exploring whatever the fuck it is you do because life really fucking meant something in that moment you know yeah yeah that's dope that's super dope. I'm glad, I'm glad you get that. Thanks. You're welcome. So, uh, so, uh, what brought you down to Atlanta? So you're, you're still very fresh there. So like what, what, if you want to describe sort of the chain of events that made you feel like this was the right move for you? Okay. Um, so before, before even COVID hit, um, I was doing a bunch of theater shows in, uh, Minneapolis and I had met like quite a few people who had worked at the Guthrie, which is kind of like the biggest theater company in Minneapolis. Um, and they all are still working in coffee shops and they all are still like, like the Guthrie does not pay well. It pays like $300 a week, mm -hmm. which ends up not really paying rent for most people. Um, so I realized that there wasn't like a lot of room for growth like you could still be the best of the best. You could be working with the best company and you could still be making that, like it's it's not always about the money, but it's just like about like, there's, there's your tier and you can never get past that. You can never grow and better your career into something that will like move on to something. There's even a greater. ceiling, there's a ceiling. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, there was a ceiling. And, and I realized that like after two years being there, I'm like, okay, here's, is, is this, is this what I'm working myself up towards? And is this where I want to stop? Um, and I, I could have worked my, if I had stayed for like maybe five years, I would have worked my way up maybe to the got three or whatever. But, um, I just, I couldn't see myself just wanting to do that forever. And I realized that the film industry actually has like so much room for growth. You know, there's always more, bigger, better projects that you could be doing. Um, and film also lends itself to like a lot more opportunities. Like instead of like doing rehearsals for three months on a project and then maybe like doing that show for two weeks or like one month, instead you would be doing rehearsals for a month and then be doing that show for a month, you know? So um, like the turnaround is a lot faster. You can be doing like a lot more different projects and just, I mean, I don't wanna say it's a money thing, but honestly, I think artists should be compensated for their work. I, th I think that's honorable and I think that's fair. And I think if you're bringing like your heart and soul into a project, like if, if I'm gonna be working for you full time, like as an actor, I'm, I'm full time, I should be being paid for full-time work. And I don't think that's unfair of me to ask. And I just think the film industry is a lot more fair in that aspect. Um, so I realized that Minneapolis doesn't have a lot of film and Atlanta is booming in film. It's like gonna be the next LA basically. And so I realized before COVID happened, I, I, was, I was thinking that I was going to move in September. And I thought that would be like enough time for me to, you know, like get all my ducks in a row and everything. And then COVID hit and then I decided to push it back a little bit. And then I went on this film um, in Michigan and one of my friends there, she actually lived in Atlanta. And so I was talking to her about, it. I was like, yeah, I'm really trying to move to Atlanta once COVID's over. She's like, no, come now because there's shows, like stuff is happening now. Like get your foot in now and then you'll be all set to go once COVID is over. So that's why I decided to make the move. That's dope. That's really dope. Like that's you really like taking initiative on your dreams there. Like not, you know, not looking for incentives based on opportunity, but entirely because like, you know, like you said, it's booming. You know, it's like if you if you have you obviously have a stacked resume. And so if now is the time to like, now is the time for opportunity. Now is the time to like really make um, your, um, to, to put your foot in the door. Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's a very daunting task to, to relocate not only cities, but a city in a different time zone, a city in a different part of the country, different climate, like, you know, where you could be a complete stranger to what you're going into, but you did that. And that's fucking badass, Ella. Like, give yourself credit for that. I um, appreciate that. You're, yeah, of course. Um, so before, before I ask you a little bit more about Atlanta, um, two things. Okay. Um, have you watched the show, Atlanta? Oh, yeah. It's so fucking. One of my favorite shows. It's so good. <laughs> Donald Glover is my idol. He oh, yeah. has done everything that I want to do in the industry. Yeah. He's absolutely amazing. He's so well-rounded. Mm -hmm. um, 
like the first season is so funny like it's yeah. fucking hilarious i would laugh so hard the commercials yeah that yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah when they're in the yeah paper boys on this talk show and like he and like the feminist like activist like they reach an agreement but but the host is like so out to get him he's like you hate women <laughs> but then the second season is just a total work of art you know like it's yeah. so funny but then like <laughs> it's real it, it gets yeah and it gets weird but in a really mm-hmm. like fun way um yeah i i recently watched atlanta like a month ago and fuck it's one of the best shows i've ever seen um, yeah really well done yeah and then the second thing was uh what you said you were in michigan where in michigan were you oh uh it was a little town called gaylord um tiny tiny town i think population like 500 people we were in the middle of nowhere like it was like a 20 minute drive to even get into town um and when we were driving in we like we all drove into from the airport from like different places like she had come from atlanta i came from minneapolis some people came from like florida and we were all like in this car like they were driving us and like we all like look at each other at the same time like is this where we get murdered like is this is this is this gonna be like a little murder scheme here yeah the next like netflix true crime series or something <laughs> you never know yeah but yeah it, it ended up being like a great experience but it was like in the middle of nowhere and like there were woods surrounding the entire house we could like walk for miles and just like be amongst the woods it was, it was really nice like it was really nice to be around nature and everything what's sort of like the environment that you live in first of all um so i live in this loft situation with um my roommate his name is bobby um we met kind of randomly through a friend uh he's he's pretty cool um i don't know it's it's just it's very interesting to live with a stranger you know yeah so that's something that i'm getting used to but um, he's very generous with his time and he's very clean, which is good. Um, I also uh, just got a new job. I'm a server and I work at Fire Pit Pizza Tavern. So I'm learning the like the ins and outs of the job and getting to be like good friends with all my workmates and everything. Is it good pizza? It's really good pizza. And we get 50% off on meals. So that's pretty nice. Damn. I might have to roll through town, grab me a slice or two. Yes. If you ever come to Atlanta, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'd love to come because not only is Atlanta booming in film, it's booming in music too. And there's specifically specifically some walkie ties to uh, Atlanta um, in the hip hop scene. So I do want to roll through Atlanta at some point. Definitely. I'll come see you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of casting calls that I get are for like music videos too. Like we, we need a specific girl for this one music video. No lines, but you will get to dance naked on stage. I'm like, we'll see, we'll see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good segue into like kind of, yeah, what are 
what are kind of your like preliminary goals with sort of getting your foot in the door right now in Atlanta? Um, so I would say my biggest goal within the next five years is to be a series regular on a big network TV show, um, or series recurring, um, that, that I think is very plausible. Um, it, it all depends on like me getting an agency and me getting like good, um, relationships with different casting directors and everything. Um, but that's definitely like a lofty goal, but I think it's a goal that I can potentially achieve. Um, I would say my one-year goal is probably get an agent. Um, and I've been applying to several. I actually met someone at my restaurant who was like, oh yeah, I'm with this agency. Uh, I will be a referral for you. So I applied to them and he told me to just wait, they'll, they'll hit me back up. And so I could potentially have an agency coming up within the next few months. That's very okay. exciting. That is really exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like uh, that's dope. Like, I mean, it's you know, like there's such a like um, these days. There's a bit of a stigma to you know moving to a big industry city and deciding you're gonna make it there. You know, like mm -hmm. that's commonplace in New York, L.A um chicago even to an extent like mm -hmm. huge fucking city but you know i i think from what it sounds like i mean you are very well versed in what you do ella like you i mean you've had a myriad of jobs within the industry like you you can you've proven that you can do even if it's like you know like uh technical job behind the scenes you mm -hmm. can prove that you can do that a really massive reflection that you'll carry for the rest of your life is that like i moved here to like make something of myself and i can say that i did that no matter what happens sure you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> and you know i i am like i have gotten jobs here um at the end of this month, I'm going to be working with this murder mystery troupe doing like uh, little murder mysteries as an actor. Cool. Um, next month in March, I have two short films that I am playing the lead in. And then in May, I'm playing a lead in another short film. And then later in June, I am the lead in another short film. So there you go. I've got I've got some work coming up. I mean, whether it's well paid or not is another question you know like $50 stipend is like okay it's good but like is it great but I I'm still like proud of the things that I've gotten thus far yeah that's yeah I mean that's awesome all those things are pretty dope like it's it's just because like I mean I don't know how much um I don't know like are you like a big movie person like do you watch a lot of movies Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I watch a lot of movies and um, specifically, like, there's a lot of art house and indie movies. Mm -hmm. Those really are my favorite to watch. Like, yeah. those I think are the coolest. Totally. In, in every genre. And so that has, be, like, you know, people are shifting away from this, like, Hollywood um like american dream sort of thing and are shifting into you know indie films are the way of the future 
Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Some of the best movies I've seen in ye- like in the past couple of years are made with low budgets and um, with uh, you know up and coming actors. You know, just utilize a lot of just different like a lot of alternative techniques in style and process and aesthetics and whatnot and like people that you know came from exactly what you're doing right now you know small small roles and like small roles and big things or big roles and small things I mean whatever you do like Mm -hmm. that's I mean that's becoming the way of a lot of up up and coming actors and so I, I think you're doing all the right things so far it sounds like thanks I think so too. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Ella, as we're uh, as we're closing out here, um, you know, I needless to say, you know, like it, this has been really dope getting to really like talk about your passions and just like how you got to where you are now. Um, so as we're closing out here, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, so. What keeps you up at night? Um, I would say um, the fear of never being loved, whether that be by an audience or by the people that I'm closest with, by my parents, you know? Um, yeah, I think being loved is the most important thing to me. So that's what keeps me up at night. I think you're a very lovable person, Ella. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, no, you, I mean, you're a blast to hang out with and you're very talented. Like, you know, I, I think uh, you have a lot of beauty to bring into this world, for real. Yeah, I appreciate that. So are you. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, the second question is what uh, puts you to sleep? Um, the fact that I n- know for certain that my future is secure and my trust in fate and in the gods and in um, whatever vision that I have for myself. That's awesome. Great kind of a side question about Atlanta is like how do you feel like the culture down there is different than what you're used to uh, up here in the Midwest oh so this is I love this question literally anyone on the street will like come up to me and talk to me and I guess that's this kind of something that like is familiar with me to Milwaukee because I feel like Milwaukee is very like friendly you know and everyone like kind of talks to everyone but in Minneapolis it was so weird. Like Minneapolis, oh, everyone's just so cold. Oh, come inside. You don't want to talk to straight strangers are danger, you know? Um, so everyone like had that like mentality. And like here, I will literally be walking down the street and like I'll like like you know, say hi to someone walking past me and he'll be like, I know I look good. Like, what's your name? Like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow, everyone is so friendly like intensely friendly. Also, everyone hits on everyone. Mm. Um, it's kind of just the thing I've gotten used to. Uh, but I don't know, that's kind of fun, I guess. 
not always fun, but mostly fun. Um, what else? Atlanta, I guess those are like the two biggest things. Like there's just like this Southern, like intense, like in your face, like you're going to be my friend kind of friendliness. It's a really interesting kind of Midwest meets East Coast vibe. Like oh, Midwest yeah. friendliness, but East side, like East Coast confrontational attitude. Yeah, because um, mid Midwest friendliness is like, hey, how's it going? And then you like go on your merry way. Hey there, like, buddy, not... you want to go uh, drink a beer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, you're not going to like hug a stranger on the street. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta's like, Atlanta doesn't give a fuck about COVID. Atlanta, like every single stranger is like ready to fully hug you and share a cigarette and like get your number just to be your friend. Yeah. And it's like, that's great, but also COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a different world. You just have to get used to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, damn, I got to get my ass down to Atlanta then. Uh, yeah for sure yeah i mean i'm a i'm a hugger so uh <laughs> me sure too i'd fit right at home um uh, thank you for being on the show ella this is really fun yes thank you this yeah i'm so i'm so thankful i finally got the ben slowy experience absolutely uh and uh yeah like you know i learned a lot about what you do and why you do it and um, yeah, uh, for everyone watching, you know we're gonna we're gonna be supporting Ella uh, in her in her quest to uh, get bigger and better roles uh, in the film industry out here. Um, Ella, uh, send me um, any if anything you you're in already. Uh, okay. Send it to me so I can include it in the description so folks can watch it. Cool. Um, and. Uh, yeah, uh, we're going to check out Atlanta, hopefully, sometime soon. Yes. And uh, do not, you know, keep for everyone watching that's, like, considering to make that jump for their dreams, fucking do it. Do uh, it. Do it right away. There's there's never a better time. There's never going to be a better time. Because you never know when the next, like, fucking world-changing thing is going to happen. Yeah. Thank you for mis thank you for watching, Mr. Nice. Oh, also follow me on Instagram, please. Ella Michelle Ella. Um, look me up on IMDb, Ella Deerberger, IMDb. Um, and check out my website. That's super cool, actually. Because I've been I've been looking up IMDb since I was like 10 years old. So <laughs> that's cool that you're official. That's so dope. Yeah, I'm official, oh, yeah. baby. I got yeah. Brandon's on there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be tagging that too. All right. Awesome. Thank, you for, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Thank you.